You are listening to Ace Comicals. I'm Greg, and today I'm joined by my co-host Leon. Let's go! Merry Christmas! If you are listening to this, it is now either 3pm or later on Christmas Eve 2018. Welcome to Christmas with Ace Comicals. Um, today I am joined by my co-host Leon. Merry Christmas. And our guest Marv. Season's greetings. And yes, so this is an interruption to your usual scheduled Christmas entertainment. There will be no playing of It's a Wonderful Life. There will be no die hard right now we're here to talk about some 2018 christmas holiday special comics that have been released and to try and get you into the christmas spirit so come sit by the fire with us pour yourself a pour yourself a glass of eggnog or your poison of choice and uh let's go guys let's get into the christmas spirit so um just before we like move on to the comics i just wanted to, to sort of like briefly like what have we been doing to get into the christmas spirit Working. <laughs> wow. Christmas hasn't... No time to think about Christmas until actual Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to give that a hard, hard second. I have been working. My days off have been spent trying to sort out present stuff. And um, li- literally, I think my next day off is Saturday. And then the next day off I have after that is Christmas Day. So my Christmas will start at like 9pm Christmas Eve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean like i guess that's true for a lot of people um by the time this airs i won't be in england anymore so i'll be i'll be out of the country um and this is actually going to be airing on christmas day in hungary because new year's eve new uh, christmas eve is kind of christmas day so uh, in the way they do things they celebrate at night on christmas eve um so yeah it's it's um but I mean, in, into the lead up to this, it's been work and loads to do and everything else. But I'm kind of, I'm finding myself like I'm actually able to like after work, I can come home and I can put a Christmas movie on and stuff. And I can, I mean, this year, more than any other year, I've actually been able to feel Christmassy, which is like the first time in a long time that's actually happened for me. Like before Christmas, I've actually been able to feel a bit Christmassy, which I've kind of liked. So I've actually been able to experience some of the lead up to Christmas this year, which is cool. Um, But like every other year, I guess it's just kind of just hit me on Christmas Day that, oh shit, it's Christmas kind of thing, you know. Like before that, in the lead up to Christmas, I've not been able to kind of like um, get into it. And and this year, I guess, more so than other years I have. And I don't know if it's because, um, I don't know, really. I have no idea why, but I think it's probably down to the fact that I've been reading some Christmassy comics and like when I come home, we've been making a point, me and Sophie have been making a point of watching Christmas films. So like when we come home from work, like we'll put something on the TV, we'll put on like Home Alone or something like that. And we've already watched like loads of Christmas films this year. Just, you know, to try and remind ourselves that it is that time of year to try and make make ourselves feel better, try and make me, uh, right, I obviously, this is me doing this to try and make myself feel better as well. Because, you know, <clears throat> I'm not always great at being happy, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I 
I sometimes struggle a little bit. So it's good to have the Christmas films and everything else because they kind of bring you out of that. Especially when I've come, especially when I've been to work because I get really stressed out and everything else. And it's good to have that and be able to come home and do that. And it's going to be nice to have the break over Christmas. Yeah, it sounds um, like it'll be really nice. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you guys' plans over Christmas? Uh, well, um, my original plan was to sort of split Christmas up and uh, spend Christmas at home with uh, my girlfriend Dion, um, and then a couple of days later go and see my family, go and see my mum and my brothers. But um, as a consequence of work shifts and uh, everyone's sort of uh, plans and everything not being able to align, um, we've had to sort of condense everything together. So we're going to sort of pack up all our presents, head over to my mum's house and spend Christmas and Boxing Day there um, after work finishes on Christmas Eve and then get home Boxing Day evening because every single one of us has work on the 27th. So uh, it's going to be a very condensed Christmas. That does sound like it. <laughs> Pressed into a <laughs> into a cube, a cube of Christmas. It's going to be like a, a Christmas shot. No time to savour the flavour. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, uh, you got any plans over Christmas at all? Uh, main plans are just to chill at home with the fam. Um, it, uh, trying to, hoping to do like a more old school style Christmas where, especially with the new Smash Brothers game that has come out, to get some hardcore local multiplayer going mm. uh, again and rekindling some of the old rivalries as well as uh, doing some more general family stuff like getting the board games and uh, Jackbox open and stuff, as well as consuming uh, inhuman amounts of food. So, um, yeah, that those are pretty much my plans. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I've got the whole time off work. Um, and I might uh, be in between New Year's and Christmas, might uh, visit some friends, but... Um, Otherwise, yeah, I've got uh, my, yeah. my plans are to stay in and warm. So there is reasoning for my 3 p.m. Christmas Eve thing because I have fond memories of being a kid and my grandma saying that Christmas starts when the shops close on Christmas Eve. So 3 p.m. Christmas Eve is kind of like a that's when everything starts to wind down or when everything like used to start winding down before everyone started working shifts and everything else like i have <laughs> done but yeah that that was when everything used to start winding down and that's like i have fond memories of things winding down from about 3 p.m onwards people would probably start leaving work early on christmas eve um my mum might come home early my dad might come home early um and like th- there's this whole thing like my grandma would buy boxes and boxes of chocolates and things like that and she'd be like they'd all be like laid out but you weren't allowed because we would go around to my grandmother's house uh, sometimes on Christmas Eve and you wouldn't be allowed to touch the chocolates until five o'clock on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my reasoning behind that because that's, that's when for me Christmas, I mean, obviously it begins at different times for different people. And a lot of you are probably sadly going to have to work a lot of the holiday kind of like Marv where he's got Christmas day off, but he's going to have to work like straight after and things like that, which isn't always fun. Um, and, and people that work retail, will be having a tough time because I've worked retail over Christmas and I know what that's like. And, um, yeah, it's just, 
that that that's my reasoning behind the 3 p.m thing anyway but yeah christmas kind of winds that what's that's when for me in my head even though like i try to carry that on so even though i'm i might be working at that time some years i mean this year i'm not but even though i have been like working at that time or working late on christmas eve and things like that i kind of carry it in my head still that that christmas kind of starts at that time and that's when things should start winding down and that kind of like helps me deal with it a little bit i guess when i have been working shifts and stuff but anyway hopefully we're going to be helping you get into the christmas spirit by going through some of these christmas comics that we've picked up for this year so i will kick this off by introducing the first comic so the first comic we have is dc's nuclear winter special which is an 80 page book um and it's (laughs) (laughs) the front cover is a bunch of DC characters um, looking pretty post-apocalyptic. You've got Wonder Woman carrying a giant kangaroo on her back that's like kind of on a spit, ready to roast it for whatever you know for for their for their like post-apocalyptic Christmas. You've got some like smashed-up buildings, commandies there in the background. Um, you've got Batman lighting a fire, wearing a gas mask. <laughs> Uh, and it actually says on the front here, 10 cataclysmic carols. So, I mean, guys, first impressions of the book. What did you guys reckon when you picked this up? Um, I I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, first impressions, I, literally, the first impression was um, laughter. Because literally, you open up the book and the first frame um, in the background, you've got... Um, not google you've got google um owning everything <laughs> and then a little further into the story it's like we can eat him now so say the terms and conditions so that that really got me that that got me giggling but um yeah a lot of the stories obviously that follow are, are really good I, I did actually enjoy a lot of it yeah um so yeah like like you were saying it's like there's this like overarching story theme thing this like post-apocalypse um where the world's gone mad and this guy is um he's he's telling stories um this is like uh, rip hunter he's uh telling stories to people um who are living through this to try and remind them that that christmas exists you know um to try and remind them that there is hope and there is uh there's still hope and there's still still love and everything and it, it you know we don't have to forget about these things and all of the, these stories have a common theme of the fact that no matter what's happening there's i mean i talked about this a little bit last episode but no matter what's happening there's still love and hope in the world and we shouldn't forget that and it's quite a powerful message really especially in 2018 with all the hate and violence and general bad stuff that's happened this year um and made this year feel so damn long uh and with all the current anxiety about climate change and uh the inability of the world to accept that and do anything about it because old people with old white men with gray hair like money and oil um it, you know it's just it's been hard to stay positive but it, it, it's been hard to enjoy things but this is kind of like a, a, a caricature of that it's like so what if the world's gone to hell we can still you know for one day a year we can still remember that you know we can still have hope and we can still have love and we can still have christmas and that's kind of like the overarching theme in the book so like i mean I don't know about you guys, but my favourite stories were the one with the nuclear family and firestorm. I like the Batman triple six story at the very start, and I like Catwoman. So yeah, Le- yeah. 
No, sorry, go on. Go on. I was, I was just, just, I was, just I was ask. I was going to ask Leon, like, you got, uh, what was your sort of like overall take on this book? Yeah, um, like a lot of these things, it was a hit and miss for me in some portions. I thought the uh, book ending narrative of uh, Rip Hunter was uh, pretty funny um, and quite an effective, um, if like uh, convenient and, and a slightly clunky um, way to bridge all these stories together. But I, I, I thought it, it served its purpose um, and um, it was like interesting to go from story to story and uh, you get like, you have a general overall theme, as you say, but the the tones, uh, just like the writers and artists change um, from story to story. So um, I, I personally, I my one of my favorites probably would be the Cat uh, Woman Nine Lives one as well. I thought that was um, for the length of the story that it is. Um, I think it it was uh, it didn't feel too sort of lame and. Uh, candy coated in terms of its message but it, it was nice to uh see like selena kyle in that type of role um, um shepherding um uh, yeah. a character and having her like uh, uh sort of i don't know what's the word is it cold or like survival survival head on um and it's, it, it goes that tried and true way of uh having someone uh, else uh, manage to get the main character to, to sort of take stock and step back a little bit and uh, uh, f- uh, remember what days were like before the disaster and how like we don't need to lose our our humanity even when uh, <laughs> we're in the nuclear winter. Or, or Basically, like all these stories, even when we're at the end of the world, um, there's no reason we don't need to give up hope. And there's yeah. still, there's still think like it, it still counts a lot to be a nice person and help other people. It still counts a lot to work together to achieve a goal and giving up and becoming sort of nihilistic in the end and survivalist. Uh, will will help you survive to a degree, but it, it, it won't, it, it won't sustain you. And, uh, in reality, it's more like a, a, a route to doom. So mm. I, I thought that was really good. I really like um, the, the the way the characters are rendered, and I think it's uh, it gets to the point of what it's uh, trying to do quite effectively. I found yeah, the, the Catwoman Nine Lives story is one of my favorites, and, and Warmth Batman Triple Six in Warmth as well. I like that one for the um, for the fact that a it's Batman and b it's uh, I don't know, it's quite. Yeah, because yeah. that one as well, it, uh, tying into this general overarching theme, this does it in, in a slightly different way in terms of like um, grudges and yeah. um, the uh, holding on to traumas, uh, traumas from the past and fighting fights and fighting wars just because, like holding on to, yeah. to things you can't change type thing. 
Yeah, I, I I did like it. Um, again, I know we're all um, dancing around an issue with this story, but I did like that for those themes that you mentioned, Leon. Uh, for the characters that are involved in this story, I think that, um, the story dances around their relationship really, really well, and has that sort of juxtaposition of old, long-standing grudges, but also sort of the theme of um, bonds and family, mm. and it, it does it really, really, really well. Yeah, it's good. And in the end, um, they're both, you know, like they 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 sort of like put aside their grudge kind of thing, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, the firestorm story, I think, is probably the best one in the book. Would you agree? Um, I would say it's a tie for me three ways between that story because it got better as I read it. Um, I started off mildly uninterested in it, and by the end, I was like, "This is really, really good." Um, it's a tie between that one, the Batman six six six, and um. Well, I guess it's not really a spoiler because the reveal happens during the story, but uh, and the Supergirl story, I really mm. like that Supergirl story. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the Firestorm story uh, last Christmas. I think I think mainly because it's Paul Dini writing it. I think that's why I get on with it really well. <laughs> um, but um, it's just, yeah, I just I just like the whole idea of it and the nuclear family as bad guys. I think I think. Because they're not they're not really villains, but at the same time they are, mm. and I just like the whole styling of it and the the way it works and like they just want their, their you know their one last Christmas present and everything else. I just I just, I just thought it was really cool, yeah. And it really it, I I really sort of got on with that, and um, yeah, I I really like the artwork in that story as well. I like this kind of like um, fine sort of like old school comic style artwork that they've got going on one story that um surprised me by how much it got me to like it by the end of it was the aquaman story because mm. it's um sort of literally you know finding hope in the darkness you know sparking yeah. that uh, that little little uh kindling that spark of hope i should say yeah um yeah really well done really well done mm. definitely but yeah i mean um it, it the general message throughout the book is really good and i think for this year i think this is probably like um it's a really good message to have out there mm. and it's a really good collection of stories for christmas for this year um so guys did it do the job did it get you feeling christmasy <laughs> i would definitely say yes um again cuz uh, so many of the stories have these um underlying themes of sort of family and togetherness and uh, sort of overcoming uh what might be a sense of doom it, it, it did its job well. It yeah. Did do its job well. Leon, did it do its job? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it's easy to be cynical with these. Like, even just like when you get the front cover and you're like, what are these annuals? Who are these really for? Are they just for like mega fans to have another thing to pull at the end of the year type thing? Like, just an extra comic mm. featuring your favorite characters. But I do like. Um, them using this as an opportunity to deal with some shorter form stories to get a collection of different writers and artists working together and to to have a general uh uh thesis to have a a, a general uh intent with what they want to 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 say it isn't just like this character dances with a snowman and uh this other character uh, no, has to take over for Santa because they accidentally uh, knocked out Santa with their powers or something like that. But the fact that 
it's a lot of stories of people um, overcoming adversity and just keeping on, keeping on, like the the Supergirl story. Um, I, I think um, they're quite effective in that, and uh, they managed to make me less cynical about the endeavor on the way out than I was going in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that is DC's Nuclear Winter Special, and that is uh, edited by Alex Anton and Dave Valgosh. Uh, it's um, cover is by Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairburn. Uh, we've got so many credits for the so many different stories in this. Um, I mean, I can read. I'll read a few out. So the ones that we've mentioned in. Uh, in the cast, the ones that we've talked about, we've got Batman Triple Six in Warmth, and that was written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, and uh, we had pencils by Giuseppe uh, um inks by Cam Smith, Romoldo Ferrado Jr. did colours, and Clayton Cowles on letters. We had Firestorm in Last Christmas, which was written by Paul Dini. Uh, Jerry Ordway is the artist there, Dave McCaig on colours, and Dave Sharp on letters. Uh, Catwoman in Nine Lives, which was uh, Cecile Castellucci as the writer, um, Amon K. Nelapan as artist, Brian Bucalato in colours, and Josh Reed on letters. And then Supergirl in Last Daughters, which is Tom Taylor writer, Tom Dernick uh, doing breakdowns, uh, Yasmin Putri line art in colours, and uh, Darren Bennett on letters. And um, the overall sort of like overarching tale, which we've mentioned, which is Rip Hunter, Time Master in the Nuclear Winter Special, was uh, Mark Russell on writer, uh, Mike Norton's the artist, uh, High Five for colours, and Darren ba- uh, Bennett for letters. So yeah, that was uh, DC's Nuclear Winter Special, and uh, I guess that moves on to our second book, which is the Marvel offering that I've managed to grab, um, which is the Merry X-Men Holiday Special. Now, I think this one was a bit of a bone of contention, because when I first mentioned it last episode, Rahul expressed a little bit of disdain at the idea of having to read this. Um, I don't know, did you? how did you guys feel on first impressions like with this book? Um, well, first impressions, I I liked it. Um, it was just a thing of, because I haven't dipped into the X-Men for so long, there were a few characters where I, I kind of didn't know either who they were or what their relationships were or, or how their relationships have progressed. I mean, there's a really nice uh, Gambit and Rogue story, but I'm like, I'm not sure where they are in their relationship. So it was really cute as a standalone thing, but I didn't know the bigger context for it, which you don't really need for the story, to be fair. But... Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think because it is a series of like one page stories, and I mean, that's an achievement in and of itself, because some of them are really, really good, considering that they have, you know, a, such a limited amount of panels to do it in. Um, I think each story, or at least the majority of the stories, really do what they set out to do fairly well. Yeah, it's a cool experiment in single page stories, and I liked it. My favorite scene, it, it's just like... I mean, like like you said, I don't know an awful lot about current X-Men. It's been a while since I've read an X-Book. I've not read any current X-Books, that's for sure. Um, but I like this whole, like, one-page tales thing and how the the book manages to sort of, like... It, it, it kind of... It's like a, a, a feat in itself, like you said, that they the artists and writers have come together and been able to cram so much into a single page a lot of the time. 
and and when you think back about these stories without the book in front of you they f- they feel like they should be more than one page don't they yeah so i mean which which cover did you get because the cover i've got has got like all the x-men at some kind of christmas party um and it's very colorful and very bright and very festive um and it's got cyclops and uh dazzler kind of like front and center dazzler's wearing a santa outfit and she's got like a microphone so like as if she's going to do some karaoke um wolverine looks ridiculously young in this cover (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um and you've got rogan gambit towards the back with colossus as well and it's just it's just cute i just like it and you've got um you've got nightcrawler just like zipping around the entire the entire cover um, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very cute, very nice, very festive uh, cover, very Christmassy looking. Which one did you end up with, there, Marv? Did um... the cover that I got was um, it's the one with um, it's either a young Jean Grey or an old Hope Summers uh, sitting with a giant cup of coffee um, and clinking with Rogue, who's drinking a similar cup of coffee with Gambit leaning on her back. Yeah, oh, that's the one I've got. As the well. ski the ski resort one. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where in the back you've got um, yeah. So is, Jubilee. You know, you've got Jubilee, Iceman, Nightcrawler, and Storm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's the one you've got as well, is it, Leon? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one I've got as well. What, what was your kind of like overall impression here of this book then as well? So, Well, yeah, going in again, it's like it's, it's a, a holiday special book. So I'm just like, okay, what's going to be the purpose? How are they going to do this? And... Um, and I, I like the cover that I've got, the one that we've described. I quite like it. It looks, um, I don't know, there's something quite calming about it. And you've got like the holly leaves at the top and just those two clinking glasses, uh, mugs, I should say. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, so, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's super cozy. cozy. It's cozy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, finding out the, the conceit is like one page comics. I was like, what? Uh, basically a calendar going through December, I was like, what? How are they going to do this? And it starts off with like a, a Jubilee story. And that's a, a story that, um, which is done by Chris, uh, uh, written by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers and art done by uh, Mark, Marco Feiler and the color art done by uh, Israel Silver. And that's something that, that's a recurring story that sort of... Um, uh, the through chat- line. Yeah, it's like uh, running through the, the 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 whole book as uh, as thematically, but also on different levels, like um, tying the book together. Mm. Um, and yeah, a- again with these things, I always find it's um, some really work for me and some don't. Uh, but I'm always uh, I was always impressed by how they were able to do what they need to in a page. So like in the, the, the December 2nd one, which is Kitty Pride and Never Again. That one's uh, it's written by Chris uh, Clermont, who is the, the goat. Yeah. Uh, and the art's done by Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson. Also really good. And the colour art's done by Chris uh, Sotomayor. And um, this one is nuts because straight off the bat after the first Jubilee one, they have one page and they decide to use a splash page. <laughs> <laughs> but they do it really well yeah i mean it, it does end up in the service of that having to use loads of text boxes yeah. but, but it, i think it is fairly efficient for what it's trying to do but then that leads me in as you go throughout the comic 
to the issue you two both brought up where I think with the DC one, because it was like this whole nuclear winter thing, it just feels like, okay, this is a future version of this character. This is the the latest incarnation of this character. Da, 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 da. Yeah. With this one, I, it's really hard because I, again, like you guys, like I'm a, uh, I'm a Claremont boy. Like, mm. uh, my X-Men was, is, is in the eighties. So, um, and obviously I've read some 90s stuff, but like noughties and recently, I've got no idea what's going on with the X-Men. <laughs> so like I know bits and pieces just from osmosis, but yeah, there's so many things and characters who've been brought back. I'm just like, this would be super resonant with me, I can tell, but I've got no connection with the characters. And, and the, uh, unfortunately, the one page format isn't enough to uh, pull me through and connect those dots for me. So some, I'm like, I know this is meant to be touching and it, it's cool to see, but I, it just leaves me cold. Yeah. I mean, I know I know enough about the characters and everything to be able to, like, to enjoy the book. And I know, we, like, it's... um. Yeah, I, I get what you. I get where you're coming from, though. But I don't. I don't think that can be a fair assessment by us being. Uh, you know, because I think you do have to have. Um. I think if you are a massive X Men fan and you've been following the recent X Men books, then yeah, you will get on with this completely. But uh, I think it, it, in assessing it in its Christmasiness, I think it does that job very well. It's very seasonal. It's very holiday, and I think I think it does convey the spirit very well. And it's it's a nice kind of. Um, it's a nice way to try and kick back and get into the spirit of giving and everything else by looking through. I mean, some of these stories are great at, at conveying that and getting that across. And I think it's really good. And again, it's a good thing to have this year um, with the overarching theme of this podcast and, and, and most of the books that we've the stories that we've been reading being that, you know, even after the, the type of year we've had with 2018 being the year it's being, um, we're still, able to you know not not losing hope still being able to have christmas in the face of all the bad news we're getting and everything else you know what i mean so yeah it's really cool for that um yeah yeah i just want to say one notable thing that i noticed is some of the writers on this um so like uh there's three writers that i noticed who are like connected to like hip-hop uh you have uh the uh rapper gene gray um you have the rapper Styles P, and then you have uh, the host of the Breakfast Club, which is a, a hip hop uh, radio show, uh, Charlemagne the God. Um, and I, I had no idea about that, so it was, it was interesting to um, see how uh, them tackle. Uh, they're all do, doing writing. Uh, them tackle um, certain yeah. stories and certain characters. Yeah, that was cool. Um. My favourite stories in this one were Hot Claws for Hanukkah, <laughs> which is the Wolverine tale. Um, Dreaming of a Wade Christmas, which was the Deadpool and Jean Grey one. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm. Uh, just for its sheer weirdness. Um, I liked the uh, the Gambit and Rogue story because it's really close to home. Because I have two cats. And I have experienced this. So, yes, Christmas catastrophe. Definitely. Um, and I also liked the uh, the giving season, which was the beast story in Dr. Nemesis. 
because I have experienced this as well. Or well, something similar to this where you go to give someone a present and someone's already upstaged you. <laughs> so <laughs> Which was kinda of, I mean, I know that's not the point, but it, and we all know that's not the point, but it's still super irritating, right? Yeah. Um Marv, do, do you have any favourites? Um, yeah. I, I had um what would I say, three, four? Four. So, Dreaming of a Wade Christmas was uh, my my first favorite as I was going through it because, like you said, I just love the fact that it's so absurd. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> typical breaking the fourth wall. Um, but it's just it's done so well, and um, it is it's very it's it feels very Christmassy in, yeah. in its odd Deadpool way. Yeah. Um, I liked the other B story, uh, Blue Christmas. Yeah. Um, just because it has that sort of thing of, you know, coming home, big family Christmas, you know, people might have different political opinions from you and everything, but everyone's around the table trying to make the best of it. Yeah. That one's brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, I that one. Yeah. Yeah, brutal. Utterly brutal. <laughs> yeah. There was um, the Magneto one, and I'm, I'm frantically scrolling through trying to find the name of it, but the one where... Um, uh, the kids are talking about Hanukkah and Magneto is just like really sort of despondent about it. And he kind of is forced to reevaluate, you know, finding hope, even though, you know, yeah. he's sort of the, the, the Malcolm X, you know, by any means necessary. It's like, you know, we have to sort of take appreciation for what we're fighting for. Yeah. Um, and um, the storm story as well. I liked it just because it found a way to sort of uh, seed in a little bit of uh, topical Trump stuff with uh, yeah. the guy referring to Wakanda as a shithole country. And yeah, <laughs> that was good. I like that one. Um, I think I think the, uh, the the gift that keeps on giving is really good because that that reference is like a really early um, X Men book. Um, it's, it references the X Men King Size Annual. Hmm. X-Men King Size Annual number four, where Wolverine gets Nightcrawler a picture of his face for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so in in uh, this book, Nightcrawler buys Wolverine a picture of his face, <laughs> which I thought was kind of fun. I like that one. I like Chip Zdarsky's writing as well. So, yeah. Um, it's funny that it's old man Logan as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, again, we've got like a whole host of credits for this book. Um, I'll just go through the ones that we've kind of mentioned. So, um, Christmas Jeer is the storm story that you were talking about. And that was a script by Charlemagne the God, art by um, Aletha E. Martinez, and colours by J. David Ramos. Uh, The Magneto story, The Impossible Enemy, uh, script by Cullen Bunn, art Roland Bosch, and colour art by uh, Dan Brown. Uh, We've got the, um, I'm just flicking through the book looking for the credits because they don't put all the credits in one page. It's at the top of each page. (laughs) So Dreaming of a Wade Christmas, uh, which is Jean Grey and Deadpool. And that is uh, script Jean Grey. Art Sean Crystal and colour art by Rico Renzi. Hot Claws for Hanukkah is script by Charles Saul. Art by Ryan Brown. And uh, colour art by Jordan Boyd. And um, I guess you can see why I like this one because um, like... uh, Charles Saul and Ryan Brown, they're, they're you guys for um, uh, curse words. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the overarching story with Jubilee is uh, in several one-page stories, but it's like one story that's like a narrative that follows throughout the book. 
you've got various people working on that. Um, Never Again, which is the uh, the story that Leon talked about, which was uh, Chris Claremont, Terry Dodson, Rachel Dodson, and Chris Sotomayor. Um, so yeah, overall, it's... Um, so- uh, can I just also shout yeah. out um, The Longest Night? Yeah, go so ahead, go ahead. One of the ones that goes against one of the criticisms about, I don't know what the hell people are doing, is the Hope Summers story, which is uh, yeah. The Longest Night, written, uh, written by... Uh, uh, Tinny Howard, uh, art done by Brent uh, Schoonover, and yeah. colour art done by Chris O'Halloran. Yeah. And that one, I think, is really effective because I know enough about those characters how them watching that video on the phone is just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really effective. Yeah. Christmas it's could... about, like, hope yeah. and, uh, like, keeping on. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that one is really good, that Longest Night one. And uh, Christmas Catastrophe, which is Rogan Gambit, which was Kelly Thompson, David Lopez, and Chris Sotomayor. And uh, it's too close to home. I'm going to turn the page very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Naughty List, um, which is one... I mean, we haven't talked about it, but it's it's another good one. And it's one that I really liked. It's Domino in the Naughty List, which was Anthony Piper wrote that one. That Um, one was actually really good, yeah. yeah. Art, colour and script, yeah. But yeah, um, that is the X-Men Holiday Special. So um, yeah, I th- I thought that one was really nice. And did it do its job? Mm. Did it get you into the Christmas spirit? I would say so. I think um, even though I think I had a better time with the DC one, because like we said, mm. you know, familiarity with the characters, yeah. the fact that because it was post-apocalyptic, it's kind of, they're their own stories. You don't really need context, even if you don't know much about the characters. Yeah. Um, it was easier yeah. to get into. Yeah. I think the X-Men one um, did better with the format of the short stories. Mm. So I, I think they both did really well uh, getting, you know, getting you in the Christmas spirit, sort of uh, mm. going through some of the issues that you face over the holiday season. Uh, yeah, I think the X-Men one was probably the better of the two, even though I enjoyed the DC one better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, DC one with its message of hope and the X-Men one with its its familiarity and relatability. Hmm. I think in the way that it tells the stories and the way that it, it kind of like gives you the Christmas feeling. Um, and also because you're getting like a new creative team nearly every page, it does... Uh, shake things up so if there's a particular story which feels kind of slight the next story is usually yeah. something else to chew into and it's got momentum it's got momentum that it keeps the momentum going as well which is nice mm. um and it never feels like a trudge because like you said it's all single pages and i think it's an achievement actually mm. 25 single page stories so yeah good going uh last book on the list um mm. now this one's going on the naughty list i think yeah. because <laughs> Because this one is kind of like the one that I was least enamoured with out of the Christmas specials that I chose for you guys to read. Um, and I'm kind of disappointed because previous Hellboy holiday specials have been really good. Like previous Hellboy winter specials, like the ones we read last year and everything, they were really cool. Mm. Like, so, yeah, I want to impress with this one. I'm kind of sad about the fact that I want to impress with it. Um, but this was the, um, the Hellboy Wind special 2018. Now I will preface this by saying that if you are a, a Hellboy fan and you've been keeping up with the Hellboy comics, then you will love this because there's some stuff in here, which is continuations of previous Hellboy storylines. But, 
um, for the most part, um, for me, it just kind of it fi- kind of felt like the holidays had been shoehorned into something that already existed. Mm. Like they'd they'd already written these stories to use elsewhere, and they just thought, "I'll just put a Christmas tree in the corner," you know. Like it didn't it didn't feel like it was celebrating Christmas or the holidays as these other books have. Um, but this one is uh, so the Hellboy Winter Special. Um, we've got. Mike Mignola, Ben Stenbeck, Gabriel Barr, Fabio Moon, Tonic Jonic, and Dave Stewart all working on this. Um, so the three stories here, we've got Happy New Year, Ava Gallucci, which is a story by Mike Mignola, art by Ben Stenbeck, and colours by Dave Stewart. We've got Lost Ones, which is story and art by Gabriel Barr and Fabio Moon, colours by Dave Stewart. And The Empty Chair, which is story, art, and colours by Tonic Jonic. And uh, Letters Throughout by Clem Robbins. So... Um, the first story in this is it's like it kind of takes place at New Year, and it's like a New Year seance. Um, and I kind of liked it. You know, is it like I like my horror stories and things like that, so it was kind of it's kind of cool. Um, and I kind of enjoyed it, but at the same time, it just fell flat for me as a holiday story. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Yeah, I mean, spoilers, but I mean, all three of the stories, I mean, more so the yeah. first one because it is a really good horror story. I think all three yeah. of the stories would work better if it was a Hellboy, like, Halloween special or something. Yeah. Uh, but as a holiday special, none of them really hit that sort of Christmas holiday vibe. Like, the yeah. seance story, uh, the, the, the yeah, the New Year seance story was, was a really good story in and of itself, but didn't really feel any any in any way Christmassy. Hmm. Well, that's the thing, and I, I, that's why I think they have named it the Winter Special. I think it's a way for them to have a Chris, uh, a, a like collection of stories out around Christmas time. But um, yeah, they I don't think they wanted to do like holiday stories, uh, so they it does feel more generic. It's just cold and wintry. There's lots yeah. of snow, but yeah. because of that, you don't really. It does. I know it probably wasn't, but it does feel just like a, mm. uh, just releasing one for the sake of it. Yeah, mm. I mean the 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 previous um, Hellboy Winter Specials have been have been better than this and have been better at doing this because the previous ones weren't particularly like hard on the holiday theme, but I think they were better than this one. I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad comic by any means. It's still it's still wonderfully crafted. And, you know, if it were a Hellboy comic released in any other way, or if these were Hellboy stories released in any other way, they'd be amazing. But it's just the fact that it, they've released it as a winter special and you have the expectation of holiday stories going into it. And although it's kind of there as a theme, it's also kind of not there at the same time, as in, you know, compared to the other two. I think it's a little bit of a come down. I mean, I'm not saying it's a terrible comment by any means. It's great and go out and read it. But what I'm saying is it's not as good at doing what the other two are doing. At being a holiday book or being a winter special. Mm. Um, but it's still, yeah, it's still very good. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's, there's, um, while it is, it is my least favorite to read out of the three. Mm. There are some uh, cool things going on in the stories. Yeah, but I I always have a weird thing with this. I, even even though like uh, the winter specials last year, I would agree were better. I always there's always a thing, especially with that first story that you get in them. 
it always feels incomplete to me. Like it's too slight. Yeah. Uh, and I always feel like it's missing an end. And it's like, is there a part two coming or something? And I had that a lot last year with that one. And I've definitely ha- I have it more so with this one, especially that first, uh, first story. It, it just ends abruptly like there should be a, a second part. Mm. Whereas yeah, the, sure. the last story, The Empty Chair, and I guess the second story as well, they do feel like they have natural ends. But one of the issues is that, and you had this with last year's one as well, like Hellboy as a character is fully sidelined. Yeah. And it just, it feels like, like I, like I keep coming back to, it just feels like the the holidays are an afterthought. Mm. But it's Just winter, man. It's cold. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's good still. It's still good. It just wasn't um, as good as the others. But I mean, there's some great moments in it, some great scenes, some great panels. Um, I particularly enjoy the art in the final story, the lobster one. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I actually that was of the three. That was probably my favorite <laughs> um, because it just felt like a Batman story. I mean, I don't know an awful lot about the lobster. I have to admit, I'm not massively up on hellboy or anything which might also have a bearing on my opinion i might be biased having not being a huge you know not not being hugely up on hellboy it being something that's been on my list for a long long time and i'm ashamed about the fact that i've not read more of it but yeah um the lobster tale was great because it feels like a batman story i think that 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 was what sold that for me even Um, looks like a batman story like yeah yeah, like uh, the art style looks like um, does harken back to I'm not sure which decade, maybe early nineties or something. It, oh, it depends sure, on the yeah. artist, anyway. But um, yeah, yeah I, I did sort of feel taken back in time a bit. Mm. Like you know when you used to get like the big annuals with, and they were hardback, and you'd oh, be flipping yeah. through stories. It yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, these were it was a great book. Um, but unfortunately just missed the mark for me as, as far as, you know, something to help me deal and get, get into the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah. Read it in the new year, guys. Yeah. Read, read it, it in the new year. Yeah. But I mean, as far as the theme of the show goes to, uh, you know, like, um, getting into the Christmas spirit when it has been a tough year, which 2018 has, I assume, um, for a lot of people. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the best one, I think, Actually, like the, the the surprise best one uh, coming back to it is probably the X Men one. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the happiest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the DC one's great as well, and it has a great message. But I think I, I mean, did I already say that I liked the DC one best at the start? I can't remember if I said that or not. Because if I did, I've changed. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> 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 so yeah. Um, those have been our chosen winter specials for 2018. So yeah, I mean, like like we said, advice is read the Hellboy one in the new year because you will still enjoy it as a great comic. And it, it, to be fair, the only the only holiday story in there is the New Year story. So, but yeah, it's great. So, um, and read read the other two if you can, like before Christmas because they will help. They will get you into the Christmas spirit. Um, but. Uh, I guess that finishes us up talking about comics, unless anyone else has got anything left to say. Uh, no, no, I think that's that, that about covers it. Yeah, so um, that moves us on to the quiz. So any of you who listened to the Christmas special last year, you may remember that I did a Christmas quiz, and this was called 
Greg's regrettable Christmas quiz. And uh, if you remember last year, it was a hard-fought battle. It came down to a final question, and Leon was the champion. Apparently. <laughs> Leon doesn't remember any of this, but it's true, because I went back and listened to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy that I won. Yeah, do you know how you won? Because you I don't knew, remember. You knew who Adam X was. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Your shameful secret of uh, 90s X-Men <laughs> comics. <laughs> it came in handy in the end. I didn't yeah. suffer for no reason. So, um, what we're doing is uh, we have a list of regrettable superheroes, some are real, published, badly conceived, failed characters. Others are complete fabrications by me. I will read the name of a character aloud, and you two must tell me if they are real or fabricated fakes. So I will take an answer from each of you when I read it aloud and uh, I will assign points to whoever is correct. So the first one that I'm going to read you. Brother Power and the Geek. Is that a real one? Is it regrettable or is it false? Uh, Leon. I'm going to go with real. Marv? Hmm. I don't want to be given the same answers all the time, but it does sound like it would be regrettably real. You're both correct. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was a DC book and uh, something to do with um, hippies dressing a mannequin that got struck by lightning and came to life. And it's now a a Frankenstein style thing. It only lasted like two issues. <laughs> uh, I think DC had it cancelled for being like hippie friendly or something. I don't know, but it sounds like you know when not to derail the quiz, but quickly, uh, you know when they used to do those things where they used to package like loads of like five comics in one, and yeah, you'd just yeah, you just pick up a thing for like one pound, and you get five random comics, and yeah. you discover weird stuff. It feels like you'd get one of those in those. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was ill conceived, and it and but the character still turns up in DC books from now and now and again, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. No one dies in DC. Yeah, it's funny. The, uh, the 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 names. The first thing that jumped in my head was the old cartoon, uh, Rude Dog and the Dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on to the second one. Um, so it's one apiece right now. So the second one is the ferret. Is that a real one or is that regrettable? <laughs> Marv, you're first. Um, I'm going to say that it's not real. Leon. Uh, I it's tough because you may, you think like there's gotta be one of these and everything, but I think the ferret is too close to the name of another uh sort of mammaly uh, rodenty whatever based uh, thing. So I'm I'm gonna stay on the path with Marv and say false. It's real. <laughs> what? Oh my god. <laughs> The quote under the name of the ferret in the My Regrettable Heroes book is, The ferret, a rat will never get the ferret. So, um, the ferret was originally a Golden Age character, uh, was revived in the 90s by Malibu. Do you remember Malibu comics? Vaguely. Like, really, really hyper 90s stuff, like the early days of Image kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, in the 90s he had a run of uh, covers like um, there's a cover where he's got a speech bubble that says everybody dies sweetheart uh, and he's looking pretty fierce um, and uh, 
yeah in the 90s this is like this whole gimmick covers thing that was going on with like holographic covers and things like that mm. well the ferret has the has uh, a cover that's die cut to the shape of his face <laughs> <laughs> there is a comic die cut to the shape of his face like one edge of the comic is like the contours of the side of his head <laughs> so yeah the ferret <laughs> and he's real and he looks like a kind of a cross between um Oh, uh, saber tooth, like with you know, with the long blonde hair and stuff, and the sharp teeth, hmm. like a cross between saber tooth and something image pumped out. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, so the ferret was real, and uh, neither of you get a point for that one. So, next question: Tommy Target, is he real or is he false? Is he regrettable or is he made up? Uh, Leon, you first. Uh, I'm going to go with fake as hell. Marv? I'm going to go regrettable. I think I think it exists. It's one I made up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of my many ones on my list that I made up. It sounds like it could be real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next one. Skateman, regrettable or false? Marv, you're first. Um, Skateman, it seems so on the nose. False. I, I, I can't believe that they didn't. If it was, a, if it was from the uh, the '90s when you know skating had to be everywhere, I'm thinking there would be either an extreme or some kind of X in the name. It wouldn't just be Skateman. I'm saying false. <laughs> I'm gonna. Be like, I'm not going to trust the 90s to not do this, so I'm going to say regrettably real. <laughs> Skateman's real, but he's not from the 90s. <laughs> Tell me he's not from 2017. No, 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 no. He's a Vietnam veteran who came home and decided that roller derby was the only thing that could help him deal with it. And ended up becoming a skate-wearing vigilante who kicks people's eyes out with his rollerblades. Well, however you deal with your PTSD, you do you, man. Something along <laughs> exactly. that, those lines, yeah. So, Leon. Just an alternate reality uh, Casey Jones. Yeah. Leon, <laughs> you've got that one. <laughs> His costume's rather silly as well, so. Really? A guy called Skinkman? <laughs> I'd expect no less. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Leon, you, you, you three one up on Marv at the moment. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to go in and, uh, get your next question. So maggot is maggot real or is maggot, uh, is maggot false? Is maggot regrettable or is maggot false? Uh, Marv, you first. Maggot real, real. You say that with conviction. Mm. I, I can imagine a comic book called Maggot. Yeah, so can I. But and it, it's almost too perfect. The Maggot. <laughs> like an MTV, the Maggot. That's exactly so, yeah. what I was thinking. It comes <laughs> straight off to the head. Yeah, the Maggot. <laughs> I'm going to go false. You're going to go false? Yeah. Okay. Well, Marv wins that one because the Maggot's real. <laughs> and uh, he's one of the slew of new X-Men introduced in the 90s. Uh, and his power is that his body is like completely infested with parasites and stuff. That's like his mutant power. <laughs> oh, delightful. He's he must yeah. he must be almost as popular with his friends as skin. 
It <laughs> says here, um, Maggot, a mutant superhero whose power is being infested with parasites. <laughs> Maggot finds that his abdomen plays host to a pair of squirmy worm-like creatures that consume matter and transfer the calories back to their host, who transforms it into prodigious muscle mass. Few mutants seem grosser, but then again, there you go. <laughs> Maggot's real. Um, so it's 3-2 to Leon. Um, I'm going to give you another one now. The original and copy boy. Are they regrettable or are they are they false? Leon, you first. The original and copy boy. I'm going to go with false. Mav? Yeah, I'm going to have to say false as well. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine you what both, that You would both be get like. a point for that. That's one of mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Straight on, swiftly on to the next question. The Laminatrix. Regrettable <laughs> or false? <laughs> We've lost Marv. So, Marv, you first. Uh, as much as I want it to be real, <laughs> I'm going to have to say false on this one. Leon. Uh, that's, that's the worst thing, like... Unless you've heard of the character, any of these could be so legit. Yeah. But this one is almost too much. (laughs) So I'm going to go false also. Oh, it's real. No, sorry. No, it's not. It's not real. It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) You almost gave me a heart attack. (laughs) The laminatrix, what? (laughs) Yeah. She she worked in a Xerox factory until an (laughs) awful accident changed her life forever. (laughs) She's just she's just like forever shiny and like nothing sticks to her. Like, yeah, she's got like the opposite of Rogue's problem. She can never have any intimacy because she can't physically touch anything. It just slides. She tries to her. pick up a cup and it just slides out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she's forever laminated. Um, so um, we have okay. So it's now five four to Leon. <clears throat> Next one. AAU Superstar. Regrettable or false? Who's first? Marv first. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice and say real. Leon? Uh so it's AAU Superstar. Superstar. Yes. Spell this. S H U P E R S T A R. Hmm. This one's so dumb. It's real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> what Trainers, is the story? man. Trainers. Superstar. Get it? Uh, okay. Yeah. It's like a like something to do with shoes and and um selling trainers i think i can't find the page in the book right now but yeah it feels like it was a cartoon (laughs) no okay so um last one let's see pick one off the list a good one sandy hourglass always just in time real or false regrettable or made up leon you first 
So Sandy Hourglass. I'm going to say false. Marv? I'm going to say real, just because the name rings a bell. I don't know where I would have heard it or what I would have read or watched with it in, but it sounds real. It sounds like something I've heard before. Oh, that's put you at evens, because... Um... Oh, wait, no. No, no, it hasn't. Because uh, Leon got it right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know we were playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, Yeah, Leon Leon got it. No, that's just me messing up my points, uh, giving out points. Leon got that right, so Leon wins again. Leon is this year's champion and continues to be the champion of the regrettable quiz. Undefeated. So, like, some of the other, like, silly names I came up with on here, I've got things like Death Pouch and Skill Blast and The Taster and Paul Springer, the human slinky. And... Yeah. <laughs> I had some real fun with this. But, like, some of the other real ones as well, like Ravage 2099 and Gunfire and The Ferret and 3D Man and Stardust to the Super Wizard, Bozo What's... the Iron Man, Captain Truth, Dr. Vampire... Wasn't Ravage um, the character that was created that was the reason why Carnage was called Carnage? Because they they couldn't get the rights to the name Ravage. Um, I don't know, but Ravage was also a Marvel character. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure at the time yeah. that um, they wanted to create a new Venom and they, they came up with the character, yeah. they wanted to call it Ravage, but they couldn't because there was a Ravage character already created. He was an, uh, an original creation to go with all the Marvel 2099 stuff. Hmm. Mm. like he didn't have any but he he wasn't one of the ones that was like from a character that had been in the marvel u previously he was just like yeah mm. but he was bad terrible awful <laughs> but yeah so there we go that was the regrettable quiz and i guess that closes us out for 2018 so this is the last episode of east comicals you will hear so um happy new year uh, and a Merry Christmas and when we see you next or when you hear us next it will be 2019 so uh, you can find us at com, which is the hub for everything you can find us on Apple Podcasts Overcast Pocketcast Spotify Stitcher TuneIn and Castro uh, you can find us on Twitter under Ace Comicals you can find us on Instagram under Ace Comicals you can find us on Facebook if you search for Ace Comicals uh, you can send us a question to the Ace Comicals Twitter account or you can email us to acecomicals at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me under at Bato on Twitter. That's B-A-T-T-O-U. Marv, where can we find you? Um, on Twitter at, at Marvin Lafayette. But again, uh, as I said last episode, don't post very often. So better off looking for me on Instagram under Marv Lafayette 84 And uh, Leon, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Leon Everett. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, so um, that closes us out for 2018. So this is Ace Comicals. Over and out. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Whatever you're doing, be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, however you celebrate the holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate and have a great time. And go and watch Spider-Man again. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. Peace and goodwill to all.